0: I was sent to Poland about 25 years ago as a diplomat for the US State Department. And I found myself there at a moment in time where Poland had just come out of of a half century of communism. And they had all of these issues from World War II and the Holocaust that they'd never been able to resolve during that period when free speech was stifled. And so these issues were very pressing in the 90s. Most of my books ever since I started writing have really come out of the way in which those years changed me and affected me. Um, And I've been writing these kind of love stories uh, ever since. Not love stories, but love stories to the people who lived through that era. Hi, I'm Sylvia Beckerman.
1: Join me today as I talk to an extraordinary woman who is changing the world by making a difference in her life and the lives of those around her.
0: Hi, I'm Pam Jenoff, and I am the author of um, several books of historical fiction. Most recently, The Woman with the Blue Star, which has been out about two weeks now. And I'm thrilled to be here on Sylvia and Me.
1: Pam, it is so nice to meet you. Uh, Your books have been on the bestseller list for quite some time. You've written over a dozen books. You worked at the Pentagon, and you were also at the U.S. Consulate in Poland um dealing with holocaust survivors can you tell me uh you said you mentioned historical fiction how do you even go about finding a story Where, what actually do you look for
0: so just before i get to this story for this specific book um, right. as you said i was sent to poland about 25 years ago as a diplomat for the u.s state department And I found myself there at a moment in time where Poland had just come out of of a half century of communism. And they had all of these issues from World War II and the Holocaust that they'd never been able to resolve during that period when free speech was stifled. And so these issues were very pressing in the 90s. And when I turned up in Poland in 1996, I was this young girl. In my early 20s and so everyone now knows how old i am (laughs) Um, but i went over to poland by myself no family before we had cell phones before we had the internet and so i was completely alone halfway around the world and i'm jewish and i gravitated toward the surviving Jewish community that lived in Krakow. And they had become like grandparents to me because I went to Shoal every Friday night and I went to the rabbi's house every Saturday for lunch. And so the US government gave me responsibility for this whole like war portfolio of issues. And I worked on it for more than two years. And so most of my books ever since I started writing have really come out of the way in which those years changed me and affected me. Um, and I've been writing these kind of love stories uh, ever since. Lo- not love stories, but love stories to the people who lived through that era. Love stories they, and, era.
1: But you're right. That, that description of your books is actually correct. They are love stories, and they are love stories to the survivors. They're love stories to the people who they're based on because of how you write them and the care and and love that you give to these to these people.
0: And I just realized that I never answered your question, which was how do I how do I find the idea? So let me say this. I go looking for the idea. And what I'm looking for as I'm researching is the gasp. I'm looking for the aha moment, because if I find something that can still make me gasp after 25 years of working with this, I'm hopeful that I'm onto something that my readers will be similarly affected by. So that's what I'm looking for is the aha moment as a starting point.
1: Okay. So the aha moment for the woman with the blue star, I know that it's based on the real-life uh, stories of Christine, Karen, Helena, Wind, Preston, and their rescuer. And so, what was the aha moment in reading about them or researching that 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 got you hooked on on wanting to write this wonderful uh, story?
0: well thank you and i should say the starting point that whenever folks say based on i sort of cross that out and say inspired by because i'm not writing i don't Uh, believe that those women's stories are mine to tell so i don't write their stories i'm inspired by them and then i write fiction and so the real story that inspired this book was i discovered that a group of jewish people had evaded the nazis and survived the war by hiding in a sewer and i don't mean like they ran through the sewer i mean that they lived in the sewer for more than a year and I was riveted by this it raised so many questions for me of how did they survive and who helped them and all of that and in particular I was taken by an anecdote there was a young girl who in the sewer um had looked up through the grate one day onto the street and she saw a girl her own age who was not Jewish who was buying flowers and she was so struck by the disparity between her situation and that girl's situation. And her mother said to her, someday there will be flowers. It was this kind of promise. And so that's what was the aha for me. And I wondered what if, the girl below and the girl above had the chance to meet. Uh, That's not part of the true story. And so my book imagines that world in which Sadie, who's in the sewer, and Ella, who's up on the street, actually meet and become friends. And we see what that means for both of their lives. And what does that
1: mean for both of their lives? I mean, you have one young lady, underground in the sewer and it's in the sewer it's not just underground it's it's the the literal sewer that they're in and another one who is free to walk around and buy flowers how did you see the two of them connecting what was that connection between the two
0: well you know they're both they're both very isolated and i mean more than just by the physical circumstances that sadie faces in the sewer um sadie after a time in the sewer without giving too much away finds herself quite alone more alone than she had been before that and Ella, who's on the street, at first blush seems, you know, relatively unscathed by the war. She's from an affluent family. She's not Jewish. She's not persecuted. But when you look closer at Ella, you see that her circumstances are quite dire. She's been left with no family except her stepmother, who's a really awful person and is consorting with the Nazis. Her boyfriend slash fiance, who she thought was off fighting, is in fact back and has not told her he's back for reasons that become clear in the book. And so Ella is quite alone and both women on some level have a need and they're searching for something. And that's what makes for a really powerful connection between two people who never would have met under other circumstances.
1: Well, let's go back to the essay that was the inspiration for these two young ladies. You spoke about that aha moment. Did these two women um, get to, they, they both survived under extremely horrific conditions. As you said, one in the sewer, the other one really alone. How did they, do you know how they communicated with one another did they um after they after the war were they in communication did they finally meet
0: so they're not real people um so sadie my woman in the sewer is a composite character inspired by these stories of multiple people who are in the sewer and ella other than knowing that that young girl saw someone on the street Ella is not based on an actual person. She's a character I've created out of whole cloth. So it's not I don't have a real framework to go with on their friendship. I can tell you. Of the people who went into the sewer, and I don't want to get my numbers wrong, right? No, that's not... Somewhere around 20 ish people originally went into the sewer. Not everybody made it. Some people drowned. Some people tried to escape and were shot. Some people may have gotten out. But at liberation, my understanding is there was roughly a dozen people who came out of the sewer when Lviv was liberated. So the real story is different than what I have written as the ending of my book. Um, so there wasn't an actual person on the street for me to research beyond that anecdote that I read.
1: So then how did you, did you, you know, when you started off, these are love stories to, to the people who went through this, the horrificness of it. How did you decide to have them communicate? What, what was it that inspired you to have these two connect when they really have no one else to connect with?
0: Well, even before that, you know, I had to look in looking at the real history of what had happened. I have to always look at what is plausible, right? I have to do this with as much accuracy as I can. And so there is a wonderful nonfiction book and it's called In the Sewers of Lviv by Robert Marshall. And this is a book that really details like what did the pipes look like? And, you know, what was the great like and, and all of like the nitty gritty of their lives and like who helped them and, and all of those things were very important for making sure in fact that such communication would be possible, right? That was kind of the starting point. And for me, this is about people who are in isolation and it's very, it was very resonant to write about isolation after the year we've all just gone through, right? (laughs) So no one, no one would suggest that anything we've gone through is anything like the war or the circumstances that people suffered through. But I was writing this book, as we were you know as we were all home and asking ourselves questions we just never thought we'd be asking ourselves about you know how do we communicate how do we educate are we going to have the food and the toilet paper all those things last year and it certainly made me think about characters in the book you know who like Sadie's mother for example right who suddenly finds herself in the sewer with her daughter and pregnant right? So it's these unthinkable circumstances. But getting to your question, I just knew that if my Sadie had seen someone her own age, when she had nothing like that in the sewer, she'd be desperate to talk to that person. And Ella, who's all alone, would have a similar need.
1: That's very true. Um, And in the circumstances, not only would they find that connection, but they would also find the connection of um, desperation, uh, fear while doing, you know, having that connection and finding a young person who is on the outside and someone in the inside.
0: they're so different yet, as you said, they're both isolated. Well, that's the beautiful thing about historical fiction, you have people who, through normal circumstances, never would have met, you know, would have had their feet on a certain path, and now they're tested and changed and they experience different circumstances and meet different people, and so it's interesting in its own right, but it's also interesting for a reader, right, because if you can read about someone who's different from you and, you know, kind of traverse that otherness into their world. I think it makes us all just more empathetic in in our daily lives now to be able to read this, these kinds of things.
1: So you had said that you were in Poland, you were alone. Um, How long were you there for?
0: two years and three months, roughly three. I'd have to look at the exact dates a little over like more more than two years, less than two and a half. I know that. Okay. So
1: you got, you got involved with the, the community, the Jewish community over there and it was a different time yet. You're still looking at these aha moments from, from past history. What are you continuing on the Holocaust? Because that is something that we have to make sure we never forget. That the stories are yes. always out there. Yes. Um, because it's too easy. And nowadays, the people who have survived are getting older and older, and they're they're not surviving, and they're not alive. There's not many of them alive to tell the actual tale, And so many do not ever want to talk about their time there, Which yeah. you can, you know, we can all understand. Why is it important for you to continue
0: to look for? I really believe that telling about the Holocaust is important both for its own story and its own remembrance and for the lessons that it brings forward today so if i can take someone who hasn't been familiar with this material and i can have them become interested and maybe they go learn and they empathize um, and they can carry those lessons forward um i think it's really useful i am Uh, you know I'm committed to this period because of my own experiences I'm committed to this material because of the lessons it brings forth and I'm committed it's because where the heart of a lot of my readership seems to be you know is in this material so as long as there are aha moments and stories to be told um, in a way that is both informative and respectful um I will keep doing that when they're not I would stop
1: well, I think, as I said before, it's very, very important. And what's nice about it is how you write it. And the two, you know, in this particular, in your, in your newest book, you know, just released, you have two young ladies who the, you know, the younger population now can relate to as far as being a young woman, not relating to specifically the story, but being able to read the story and actually get some insight on a part of history that they might not have known about and get their minds thinking about, oh, wow, it's historical fiction. So it's not just a made up romance novel, it's based on something that happened. and it gets, you know, it, it hopefully gives them a, you know, the, the interest to maybe probe a little further to see exactly what went on.
0: Exactly. And these are stories a lot of times about women who have been overlooked in history. So my last book, The Lost Girls of Paris, were about mm-hmm. the women who had served Britain's special operations executive behind enemy lines. And someone described that book as for a book for the Me Too moment. You know, And I hadn't right. set out to write that, um, but it's exciting to be able to give voice to all of these women from history who weren't otherwise recognized.
1: Exactly, and especially in today's climate with a lot of the women that we looked up to um, gone, but a lot of women now starting to, uh, to come to the forefront, I mean, we have the first woman vice president. uh, Nancy Pelosi is still the Speaker of the House. We have so many young women in Congress. But we cannot forget that as far as we've come, we still have further to go. And to be able to put a spotlight on the women who are unknown, unsung heroes, Women who have done something but really never received any recognition, and it's not a medal, it's not a star or something, it's the fact that their stories are out there. Yeah, I I think
0: that's very great. It's fun. I have my, I have 10-year-old twin girls. And they're about to turn 11. And so having them sort of suddenly develop this awareness of the books and the history is really fun. Although it's interesting because these moments are such a big deal to you and I, right? Yes. And right, because they've grown up in the world where like to them, equality is just a given. They know no differently. So of course there's a female vice president. Like they, And I'm sort of putting my arms around them going like, watch this, watch this now. It's big, but th- they don't have that history with it to understand quite how big it is.
1: Exactly. And, and that's the thing we need to make sure that they they have that history. Yeah, they need to, you know, we need to make sure that we don't take our eye off the ball. Because the minute we do, that history will be gone. And you can be assured that there won't be a woman vice president or president. Right. Right. So right. it's, it's, it's a question of keeping all of this alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else would you like uh, people to take from not just this book, but the other books that you've written?
0: So I write a lot about the gray areas in history and the gray areas in people. When I went to Poland, I went with a very preconceived notion of history. You know, those broad brushstrokes, black and white, that people the books tend to write history in. And I went over there and I found my notions very challenged and very tested, right, by some nuances and some subtleties. And so I really want to show individual responses to war and crisis. I never like saying they did this because I want to know who's the they, right? And who are we talking about? And so in my books, you will find that uh, my German characters are real people. My Jewish characters are flawed. My bystanders are everywhere in between. And that's my attempt to look at the individual responses. What makes someone like Ella or the sewer worker help and someone like her stepmother collaborate, right? There's all these different responses. And so that is what I wanna show. And I want people to walk away with that sense of individual choice and individual responsibility and put their feet in those shoes and say, what would I have done? That's the takeaway for me.
1: And not only do you do that, but what a fantastic goal. It really is because choices um, that we have now uh, and choices that people didn't have before and how we've pushed forward and we need the history. We need to yeah. be able to, if we don't hang on to the history, yeah. it's not a question of hanging on to baggage. It's, it's history. If we don't know our real history, we, there's nothing else to understand. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the breadth of what you've written, as I said, you've written over a dozen books. Uh, This one is either number 12 or, or more than that. I didn't count how many you've done. And again, they're all taken on aha moments, these moments that most of us do not know about. And you're bringing them out straight here in a way that makes it, a gripping story, something that you want to absolutely uh, not put down. And I know that you had quite a bit of, uh, I think one of them uh, from Lisa Skeleton and also from Jody uh, Picoult, which I'm sure people know, uh, best-selling authors just raving about how you managed to take these historical events and turn them into such gripping novels with, Um, characters that we want to know about and learn more so what's what's next I know you're promoting this particular you know this book uh, which as we can't say enough is a subject that needs to be talked about it cannot be forgotten where have you what area do you think you'd like to get into what piece of history that you Are really looking to find that little aha moment
0: so i'm working on a new project and normally i'm an open book about my next book and then i was feeling a little like squirrely about it and now i realized i already answered this in the reading group guide so i'm working on a project that involves a little true bit of history it's the only known sabotage of a train headed to auschwitz Really? So there was a sabotage from Belgium. And my story looks at both people on the train and people who were saboteurs.
1: Fascinating. There's something that I didn't... uh, That's my aha moment I'm going with right now. um, Well, I think that's a definite go because I don't know anyone who's ever even talked about that, let alone known about it. Um, Can't wait to read that one. Thank you. But I I am so happy and so proud to to know that you're you're looking at these these pieces of history and bringing them to the forefront, and not just repeat, repeat, repeat. They're all different, and uh, not many people can look at something and go aha that i want to know more about or it's something that i want to expand on and do it in a way that people will understand and looking at it from all angles not just from one perspective so i think that's absolutely fantastic and i can't wait for that one to come out yes i know you're on a book tour for for your current uh, book the woman with the blue star uh pam Where can people find out more about you? Because there's so much to, to, to know. Uh,
0: So um, my website is www.pamgenoff.com. And that will take people to all of my social media where they can find me wherever they prefer, wherever they're hanging out online.
1: And the woman blue star, um, all indie uh, bookstop, bookshops, and of course, you know, online, but I do want to mention local bookstores and, and indie ones.
0: Uh,
1: Pam, thank you so much. And thank you for continuing to tell stories that that um, people need to read and want to read and really can't put down. And they wind up learning a lot from them. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, please share it with another person you think would be interested. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. Join me next week when I talk to another extraordinary, inspiring woman. This has been a Life of Prey production.